What's up, y'all? It's Kavya. Welcome back to the 25th episode of Women on the Mic. Today, I'm so stoked to have the chance to talk with Abby Forbes of the UCLA tennis team. Thank you so much, Abby, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I mean, these last few months in this past year has been pretty insane and a unique one for sure, but um, how are you doing? Pretty good. I mean, hanging in there. Main priority is just keeping my family safe. Uh, Luckily, here in North Carolina, I'm able to train safely and keep my fitness levels up with the hope of a 2021 season. And Mm -hmm. yeah, just, I mean, trying to stay safe at home. I know, you know, the holidays are upon us and Thanksgiving was just a few no, it was last week. Um, do you have like a, any favorite holiday traditions or um, a favorite holiday food that you like to make or eat? Um, well, Christmas is personally my favorite holiday of the year. So definitely yeah, the Christmas music, Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm totally blasting that as I'm driving all around Raleigh and definitely making cookies with my family. I mean, honestly, my favorite part, though, is just spending time with them. Um, usually around the holidays is a period of relax, relaxation, you know, and yeah. just spending time with them after a busy year of traveling. Obviously, this year looked a little different, mm-hmm. but usually I haven't seen them in a while. And so this is just a nice time for us to catch up and relax. But this year, I don't know, it's going to look a little different, but... Hopefully, it'll still be just as good. For sure, for sure. Um, I want to dive, like, right into your childhood and what it was like growing up. So, can you tell me a little bit about um, what your childhood childhood was like and how you got involved with sports? Yeah. So, I started playing tennis when I was six years old. Mm -hmm. And, um, basically, I was enrolled in every sport. My parents put me in everything. They put me in swimming, golf, um, soccer tennis and gymnastics all at one time they I knew I was going to be an athlete Mm -hmm. from pretty much the first grade onward and I actually got started into tennis through the Wii I don't know if you've heard of Wii Sports or not that was my favorite game yeah yep it came with the console and I just started playing and my dad saw that I was addicted to it and he was like do you want to play a real tennis someday and then that started from there and I played soccer for about eight years And when I was 11, I kind of had to sit down with my family and they were like, you know, you're getting a little older, you got to decide, like, which one Mm -hmm. do you want to really pick and pursue? And I chose tennis just because of the individuality of it. And I loved the idea that I could compete and problem solve by myself Mm -hmm. and just find ways to improve and get better individually which is something that I didn't really have in soccer and it was really sad for me to let soccer go because I love the team aspect of it but tennis was just what I enjoyed more yeah um actually you know tennis was the first sport I started playing um now I play volleyball so it's kind of like I moved towards that team sport thing like you were talking about but I think one of the reasons I struggled with tennis was because the fact that you know it was me on that court and I you know, dealt with a lot of negative self-talk, and um, I think that's, like, a huge part of being, like, a, you know, playing singles, playing tennis is, you know, it's, it's, like you said, it's your, 
it's like an individual sport. So do you ever struggle with the mental aspect of tennis, like, you know, like negative self-talk? And like, how do you combat that? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, being alone playing singles on a tennis court, it gets pretty depressing sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've dealt with anxiety for a long time, and I believe that tennis probably contributed to that. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I was never clinically diagnosed or anything, but, you know, just adolescence and everything that happened in my life growing up just like traveling alone being on the court alone dealing with all your thoughts and emotions and not having anyone there to help you no coaches no parents out there to like help you cope with it Mm -hmm. that was definitely hard but what I learned is just I learned a lot of mindfulness through tennis because you have to really take it one point at a time Mm-hmm. And the only thing that you can focus on is the ball that's in front of you. And if you don't focus on that, then the match is just going to fly by and it's going to end up going pretty south for you. So what I learned pretty quickly is just to, you know, focus on that next point. I know a mantra that athletes hear all the time. I'm sure you've heard of this is trust the process. Mm-hmm. Well, that first shot, that first ball is a part of the process. That's the beginning of the process. Yeah. So if you can't focus on that, then you're not going to achieve the goals that you want to. So whenever I was feeling anxious or um, getting down on myself and going into that downward spiral, I just told myself, like, you know what, next ball, next next point, just focus on whatever's right in front of me and take that one next step. Yeah, I think mindfulness and like mental training is so important in any athlete's journey. And um, I think you can also carry that off the court as well. How do you think tennis has uh, shaped you off the court? Like, what, how do you, how have you used some of the lessons you've learned through tennis off the court as well? I mean, everywhere. I can't think of a part of my life that I haven't learned a lesson from tennis in. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, from family, just, I don't know, appreciation. I feel like tennis has allowed me to appreciate every aspect of my life just the Mm -hmm. sheer the sheer opportunities that I've received because of this sport the scholarship I've received to UCLA um the amount of countries that I've been able to travel to tennis is the reason for all of that so it's taught me to appreciate and just be grateful for all those opportunities as well as just teach me a lot about myself and just like growing my self-esteem being a female athlete can be very very demeaning at some times. I mean, you, you're a minority out there. People don't believe that you can do it because of your gender. And I mean, it's hard not to get down on yourself as a female athlete. I feel like, yeah, just because I feel like we set our expectations for ourselves so high Mm -hmm. that tennis has taught me, you know what? you are able to show your worth out there on the court. Mm -hmm. And so why can't you do that in life and whatever you want, whatever it is you want to do? Like right now I'm pursuing um, pre-law at UCLA. So that's amazing. Yeah. Just teaching myself that I can do that. Like that is something that could be in my future if I work towards it. I feel like tennis has taught me to have more self-confidence and build my self-esteem, work at it, love myself more and just be a lot nicer to myself in that regard. Yeah, and I think, like you said, you know, being a female athlete is tough because, um, you know, not only do you have to deal with the pressures of just, you know, being an athlete, but then there's all these 
things like you mentioned, like anxiety, body image, um, confidence, um, all this pressure. So I think it's really inspiring what you said. Do you have like any advice for female athletes, whether that's, you know, in college or uh, high school, middle school, if they're doubting themselves or if they feel a lack of confidence, like what would you say to them? I would tell them just like take that next step. I'd say make many goals for yourself. They can be something as little as getting out of bed. I feel like when I was in my worst anxious states, what helped me was setting many goals for myself. Things that are ordinary activities like wake up and brush your teeth and mm-hmm. be proud that you did that. Yeah. You know, just get yourself out of bed and do little things to the best of your ability. And if the best of your ability is 1%, then you know what? Congratulations. Mm-hmm. You did that. You did that when you thought that you could do 0%. And then the next day it might be 2%. And the next day it might be 3 and so on. So I would just say make many goals for yourself. And even though they may feel small, you are doing something that will get you 1% closer to where you want to be. Yeah, I love that. I definitely think goal setting is one of those steps and ways you can build your confidence. Um, Diving back in your career, I'd love to talk about your accomplishments on and off the court. I know prior to UCLA, um, you know, you competed in a lot of junior tournaments and Grand Slams. What would you say is your most proudest accomplishment so far? Um, Definitely Junior Wimbledon, I'd say, Mm. just because of the hard work that I did leading up to that. It was really nice to see all of the hard work that I put in that year. 2019 was the end of 2018 and the beginning of 2019 was a major training block for me of growth. I had just started off with a new coach. His name is Robbie Poole, and he worked my butt off. I mean, I was just working day in, day out, just absolutely grinding. It was the most brutal practices I had ever experienced. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that just, he put me through the ringer, really. And I was questioning, like, would it be worth it? Like, is all of this worth it? And honestly, it was. 2019 was pretty much a dream for me, athletically. And that tournament in the middle of July, um, Wimbledon just totally told me, you know what, it was all worth it. It was every little thing that you did, right? Every day that you woke up and you said, you know what? I'm just going to throw everything that I have out there today, even though I don't feel like I have it. All of that was worth it because you did it. You've accomplished what you wanted to. You played the Grand Slams. You won the tournament with your awesome doubles partner, Savannah Brodus. I mean, there was nothing more I could have asked for. You know, I know you've had the chance, obviously, to compete at Wimbledon and then also the U.S. Open. What was that like? I mean, do you have any fun memories just, you know, walking around, uh, meeting people? Like, just what was that experience like? Yeah, so I'm pretty fortunate. I've had quite a few U.S. Open experiences. Um, Last year being super memorable, just playing in that professional doubles match with Alexa Noll, my doubles partner. That was fantastic. I mean, I... We had so much fun that night. We may not have come out on top, but we worked our butts off in San Diego at the USC initial hard courts to earn that opportunity, to earn that wild card into the professional tournament. And so just seeing that 
opportunity be given to us was just amazing. It was, it was honestly a sigh of relief. It's like, wow, like, again, all the work that we put in really just paid off. And it was nice to be able to see the pros as well. I mean, just like see your idols that you grew up watching on TV and what they do on a day-to-day basis, like the little things that they do, um, just from like, the way they tie their shoes to the way they warm up (laughs) to the way they you know cool down after matches like what's their day-to-day like what are they eating like what are they what are they listening to like do they listen to music before their matches like just learning their routines and seeing them up close and personal instead of on a tv was truly a honorable experience yeah i mean i i can't imagine i love watching tennis with my family so i can imagine like looking at all your role models and all the amazing pros that must have been so cool um you know 2020 has definitely been a whirlwind of a year and i think we've seen so many individuals and programs uh speak up against racial injustice in our society in our world and i know you founded the black tennis student athlete alliance and i'd love to hear more about it like talk about what it is why you started it, what its goals are. Yeah, no, for sure. So post George Floyd incident around the end of May, um, my teammates and I were kind of, a few of my teammates and I were talking about it because, I mean, I have a black teammate and I also have a black assistant coach and we were just hit so hard by seeing that live on social media and just the amount of emotions that we felt that day were tremendous and we were so our hearts were so heavy and we had seen it before it's not like police brutality something that's brand new it's something that's been going on for a very long time but the entire world was awakened to it in that moment and it was just plastered on my social media every time I I had to take a break from Instagram and watching the news and those things for a little bit just because of how depressing it was and it was something that I already knew But it hit home even more because, you know, I have two black brothers and I mean, it could have been them and also my dad. So it could have been them. And so I spoke with my administrator about some of my feelings and he was like, well, Abby, like, what do you want to do about it? Is there anything like, do you have any ideas in your head? It seems like you're pretty, you're pretty passionate about this. And in a way that I feel like that he felt that I could create change with, I could use that moment, this momentum. Mm-hmm. and create change in my sport. And I said, well, is there any sort of alliance helping black tennis players accelerate to the collegiate level? And I asked around, made sure that there was nothing already in place. And I was hoping that I would be wrong, but there was nothing. And black representation in college tennis is so disproportionate mm-hmm. to black representation in youth tennis and junior tennis. And so what I did was I talked to a few of my friends and asked them if they'd be interested in starting a coalition with me, where all of the collegiate tennis players across the nation, divisions one, two, and three, got together, and we just started talking. It just honestly started with a conversation about what was your experience? How did you get to the universities that you're at? I mean, we've got people from say like Stanford, um, mm-hmm. Michigan, we've got like Carnegie Mellon, we've got HBCUs like North Carolina, A&T. We've got people from all over the country just telling their stories. And we meet on most Fridays right now. It's about once a month. And 
during the summer we met every week um, just talking about what was going on in our country, mm-hmm. the social unrest, the fight for change, the fight for justice. We talked about all of it. And our main goal is to increase representation in college, black representation in college tennis and allow these kids from lower socioeconomic statuses, these low-income communities that we call the projects, just allowing them and their tennis clubs to succeed, just like we see these larger tennis clubs and these country clubs succeed in getting kids to go to college because they need the scholarships the most because they're the ones that can't afford the tuitions at Mm -hmm. these big name schools. Like I definitely could not have afforded the out of state tuition at UCLA had I not gotten scholarship. And I just totally want to give the next person that opportunity and those resources. And also I want to provide myself as a mentor to a young kid who just needs that extra push to believe that they can do it. That's amazing. I mean, what you've done and the momentum you've create, created, your message, your mission is so inspiring. So firstly, like, thank you. That's so amazing. Um, yeah. But secondly, I mean, we've seen so many athletes from NBA players, WNBA players, and even, you know, fellow athletes um, use their platforms and talk about um, you know, all these racial injustices in our society and as a, and using their platforms for social change. Why do you think, you know, sports is like gives you that platform to, um, you know, speak up against injustice in our society? Like, why do you think athletes are speaking up about this? Is there something like unique about sports that gives athletes a voice to talk about it? Well, I feel like sports in America are huge it's a huge industry and I feel like we would be doing ourselves a disservice not to use it to its fullest extent. Mm -hmm. I believe that I remember when that one reporter asked LeBron or told LeBron James to shut up and dribble. And I was just outraged. And so were so of my, so many of my athlete friends And it was just that connection. Like, we obviously don't know LeBron James personally, but we connect with him on an athletic level where we get that. We understand what it's like to be told to just shut up and play your sport Mm -hmm. or to just not say anything about politics or social injustice because it's not your place. Your job is to just swing a racket and hit the ball. Well, no, I'm also a person behind that racket. And... Behind the ball, I am a black female, and I'm going to stand up for injustice. And so I believe that sport and the mass of people who participate in either watching sports or playing sports allows athletes to have the opportunity to reach so many people, Mm -hmm. whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on whatever platform that you choose to use, we can reach so many people and touch the hearts of so many people by telling our stories of grit, of determination. I mean, we we are motivators to so many people. So I feel like we would just be, I mean, ungrateful if we didn't. I feel like we have not necessarily, I feel like we do. We have an obligation to the people mm-hmm. who have fought so hard 
to allow us to play sports to not fight for those who can't fight for themselves. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, we see so many amazing athletes, like you said, LeBron James, um, and then, you know, previously like Billie Jean King, um, and then now like you and Coco and all the amazing female athletes and athletes who are speaking up is just so awesome. Speaking of, you know, all the big guys, who are some of your role models growing up uh, on and off the court? Honestly, Serena Williams is my biggest role model growing up just because she and she and Venus went through so much just to allow a person who looks like me to play my sport. Mm -hmm. I am totally in a white dominated sport and Serena and Venus went through so much racially, physically, mentally, emotionally. They were just totally discriminated against growing up, but they still fought their way and sat down or they put their heads down and literally fought for their opportunity to become professional tennis players, let alone the amount of success <laughs> with the amount of success they have now coming from that humble of a beginning. I totally owe everything that I have ever been able to do to them just mm -hmm. because without them, I would have never been able to even step on a tennis court. And that includes people like Arthur Ashe and Althea Gibson and mm. Billie Jean King, too. I mean, without any of them, I wouldn't be able to play the sport that I do. And so I owe a lot to their efforts, and I look up to them for putting their lives on the line so that kids like me could play. I know I've asked a lot of, you know, heavy questions, um, but before I end, you know, I just want to ask two more questions. First one is kind of a sure. fun one, but do you have like a pregame song or like what's on your pregame playlist? Ooh, to be honest, it's, it changes, but I, I don't know. Like what what are your go-to artists maybe? Okay. Go-to artists. Ever since I was a kid, I would listen to the song forever that's like a collab between like Drake, Eminem, mm -hmm. um, I'm Lil Wayne, all of them. I don't know. That song just like got me so fired up. <laughs> and <laughs> ever since I was probably about like 12 or 13 and I was going to my first national tournament. So that song I'd say is definitely a favorite of mine. It made me feel like, you know what? I'm ready to go. Love that. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much. I have one more question for you before yeah. we end. Um, I asked this to all the women I interview and it's so cool just to like hear their different responses. And I think you might've touched on it a little bit here and there, but what do you think is the most important thing that we teach young women today? Mm, definitely believe in yourself. I know that sounds so cliche, but, and it is a very hard thing to do a lot of the time. But if you believe in yourself, I don't think that anything can stop you. I feel like we're all given amazing things, whether it be in sports or not in sports, and we're given these gifts. And if we just believe in ourselves and believe that we have these gifts, I think that women can change the world. 100% agree. Thank you so much again, Abby, for joining me. I really love this conversation. It was really meaningful. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Kavya.